And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool, the 10th episode. I think I get a pony. I'm not really sure. Uh, Joined, as I sometimes am, by the always lovely and talented Miss Eve. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I think the 10th anniversary is aluminum. Aluminum? So maybe we'll get a box of aluminum for 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 10 podcasts? And then I can make a tinfoil hat. There you go. And then they can't get into your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we moved to the country in the first place. Just kidding. Just kidding. I have to throw the just kidding in there right away so that media matters can't like cut that part out. All of a sudden says, look, look, he's a, he admits it. He's wearing a tinfoil hat. He's hiding from the chupacabras. I'm not hiding from the chupacabras. They nope. don't even know how to find me. Nope. So uh, we are uh, enjoying the last of the leftover Easter candy this evening. Hopefully you had a very happy Easter. You had a good Passover uh, or you had a good weekend if you don't celebrate either of those holidays. Whatever. I hope that it was a good one for you. It was a good one for us. Our oldest son uh, who left the 40 acres not long ago returned home. uh, Not the prodigal son returning home. Just a uh, just our oldest son coming home for a visit with his girlfriend. And it was a it was a good weekend. It was a nice weekend. It was an unexpected surprise Saturday night because he had been scheduled to work on Sunday. And then I got a text on Saturday saying, hey, the schedule's moved. We're coming up after I get off work tonight. I was like, yay. And it's still Passover, by the way, because uh, the girlfriend is still celebrating for Passover. And she's uh, making the ultimate sacrifice and in, in ve- being very kosher in her diet this week. So she had to take one of my uh, world famous home baked bunnies home with her to freeze so she could eat it at the end of Passover. Uh, this is not a real bunny, by the way, just so you know. No, no, yeah. it's a yeast-raised sweet dough, curly cue shaped like a bunny rabbit covered in icky-sticky sweet orange juice-flavored glaze. Yeah, almost like an orange. I mean, it's not a cinnamon roll. It looks kind of like a bunny-shaped cinnamon roll, but it doesn't taste like a cinnamon roll. No, well, because there's no cinnamon. It's got um, orange peel um, in a sweet bread with eggs. So it's like a challah bread because there's eggs in it, too. But it's a yeast-raised dough. My mom used to make them when I was a kid growing up. I've always made them for our children at Easter. Yeah. Growing up, my Easter tradition was plastic basket, plastic grass, lots of candy, uh, and occasionally we go to church, depending on whether or not my mom was going to church at the time. Well, then you married a Ukraine, a girl who was got some Ukrainian roots, and all of a sudden Easter is... This huge holiday. Yeah. I had no idea that this was such a, a big deal, and so I'm eating all kinds of new food like Siddick. Yes. And it's, I've come up with a spelling. I don't know if anybody in my family ever spelled it because it's a Ukrainian word, but it's C-Y-D-I-K. It's basically a Ukrainian egg cheese. It tastes like scrambled hard-boiled eggs, and you make it kind of like a cheese. So that's what we call it. And we always have that, and horseradish, and ham, and kobasi, and pasca, which is another kind of bread. And uh, it was kind of funny talking about the foods that we have for Easter, because a lot of that's those similar things are on a Passover plate with the bitter herbs and the sweet and the and the the, the egg for Christ. So it's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. Uh, well, it was a good weekend, and we once again uh, didn't spend as much time in the garden as uh, I would have liked to have spent. But while I'm at the NRA annual meetings in Nashville, Tennessee. You're going to be in the garden, huh? I will be in the garden. I actually took vacation days uh, this week because kids are on spring break. And I took Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off because the entire idea was I was going to get out there and finish the greenhouse. (laughs) And the problem with it is it's not that it's 
a lot of work. It's just temperature and weather uh, uh, related uh, right. reliance. You can't, you can't you can't do it when it's windy. You right. can't do it when it's wet. Uh, and we've had a lot of wet or windy days. Right. Lately. Right now, the, it's the last step. We just have to put in the polycarbonate panels, but they're in there with a silicon caulk adhesive. And if it's too cold or too wet or too windy, it's just not going to work. And the days that I've had off, it's been that way. So, of course, I take three days of vacation this week, and it's going to be raining the next few days. So. <laughs> Well, um, I'll do other things. We're going to bake tomorrow with the kids and we're going to go shopping. Well, that should be fun. But uh, we, it's not like we do it a whole lot. We, we tend to stick with the spring, fall clothes purchases. Yes, that and growth spurts. Yes, and our youngest daughter has uh, been actually both of the youngest kids who just turned 10 have been going through growth spurts lately. So uh, none of the clothes from last summer fit. None of the bathing suits. They're all... They're all too small, which is good because our youngest son, this is, I think, maybe his first growth spurt, maybe his second. Uh, he's, he's, no. he's, he's been a slow, steady progressor. It's not like he's 14 inches tall. It's not like we have Tom Thumb. But no, he's, he's, he's been steady in the 50 to 50 to 60 percentile just about his entire life. But when your twin sister is in the 98th percentiles for height and weight and you're in the 50th percentiles for height and weight, it has it makes it look like he's not growing, but he's growing. Yeah, especially when you're five minutes older. Man, I, that, you know, really, that it does have to suck, though, just a little bit. I, I, I know to be the older brother and to be shorter than your younger sister. Yeah, by a whole head. <laughs> I, it, it, it'll it'll change. I I think. I hope maybe. But if not, you know, I have my story prepared, telling him that I was one of the tallest kids in eighth grade, and was not one of the tallest kids in twelfth grade. And you know what? It turned out okay for me. Actually, I have giant hopes for him because middle son actually has exceeded my expectations for height. He's now taller than I am, and I never thought that would happen. So I think that youngest son has some hope. Not that it, not that it matters. No, not that it matters at all. But, <laughs> but you just were hoping for a six foot tall son. Yes, I was hoping that all my sons would be taller than I was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care how tall they are. I just, uh, I, I, I'm glad that baldness runs on the mom's side of the family, or or not, runs on the mom's side of the family. That Did, way, yeah, don't did, have to worry about them losing their hair. No, all the men in my family still have their hair, so that's good. That is good. Not that bald is bad. I like your bald head. Well, I don't mind my bald head, but I've had many years to get used to my bald head. I can see that. <laughs> you can see a lot of it. All right, listen, uh, we're going to take a quick time out here on 40 Acres and a Fool. When we come back, we've got uh, more of the... I want to say the, the top stories of the day. That's usually the uh, the day job on NRA News Cam and Company, which you can hear live weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on NRANews.com. And you can uh, follow us on Twitter as well, at NRA News, at Cam and Company, and at Cam Edwards. But we'll talk about some of the uh, some of the other goings-on in the world. I, I tell you, it's not really farm-related, but in a way, maybe it kind of is. The story, it's bugging the heck out of me from the University of Michigan where students protested because they felt like the movie American Sniper was going to be a uh, in, uh, provide an unsafe space on the campus. And so the campus pulled American Sniper and uh, replaced it with Paddington Bear. I just, again, it's not farm related, but 
We got to talk about this when we come back. Stick around. There's much more 40 acres and a fool. I'm feeling kind of I'm feeling kind of like I'm not the fool now when I talk about these stories out of the University of Michigan and places like that. We might have to revise the name here. But for the time being, we're still in episode 10 of 40 Acres and a Fool. We'll be back with more right now. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. A single sheet of paper that both sides are willing to put their names to and say we have an agreement in principle on the overall issue. If you don't have that, no document, no agreement. And the White House fact sheet is a pathetic little band-aid. It's a SpongeBob band-aid that he's trying to put over a compound fracture. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So it is spring, and hopefully that means that uh, most of us don't have to deal with any more snow until the uh, late fall, maybe the early winter. But unfortunately, uh, even with the rising temperatures, the precious snowflakes uh, will persist. And there is a, I wouldn't even say a blizzard of them, but there is a a precious snowflake warning uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where some 300 students on a campus, by the way, of more than 40,000. On a campus of 40,000, some 300 students complained about a screening of the movie American Sniper. They said that uh, Chris Kyle was a bigot and that this movie was uh, anti-Muslim propaganda, that it would create an unsafe space on campus were it to be shown for free to anybody who wanted to attend. It wasn't mandatory, Uh, but the uh, uh, office that was putting on the screening canceled it, said that they were sorry for causing harm to these students Snort. and said that... uh, that instead, it would show a, a screening of Paddington. That's what they deserve. Which, by the way, I have to say, when Paddington came out, my two youngest kids said they did not want to see it because it was, quote, too babyish. Now, they were less, they were younger than 10 at the time. Yeah. And now we have college students who are, uh, apparently that's what they get. That's what they, it was interesting. I was talking with Glenn Reynolds, the Instapundent. Uh, about this on NRA News, Cam and Company. He's a college law professor, University of Tennessee. He says, by the way, that he hasn't seen much evidence of this type of nonsense there at UT. Uh, he agrees this is not the majority of college students. And I, and if you're a college student, if you're in college and you're listening right now, please know that you are getting a bad rap and a bad rep by the actions of these precious snowflakes and those afflicted with precious snowflake syndrome. Because there are a lot of us who aren't in college who have already moved on to the real world, who see what's going on, uh, and and who see the reaction of these college campuses, they well, my God, this must be a huge phenomenon here. These campuses and these administrators, uh, these these chancellors and whatnot, are, are folding as quickly as they are. You need to be bold. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to stand up for the 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 ability to not be constantly scolded every time you turn around. This is. I'm glad I'm not in college right now, and I'm kind of glad that uh, our middle son wants to be a plumber, Yay, plumbers. Uh, right now, 
<laughs> speak up into the microphone. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You're just talking <laughs> and talking and talking. I figured I would just be some sort of background sound. But I think I think the, uh, the precious snowflake syndrome is an actual direct corollary to the helicopter parent problem. You think? I think so. Because these people can't schedule their own lives. They can't make their own decisions because they've had all of that done for them. And now they're out in the quote-unquote realist world they're going to be able to be in for the moment, away at college, and they don't really know how to act. And I think they get easily influenced by other people who think that they're protecting them. Okay, so I think that that's part of it. And I think maybe we're dealing with different phenomena. There are the helicopter parents who overschedule their lives, but there are also uh, people who are going to college who have been raised to be activists. Who have been told that this world sucks and this country sucks and everything sucks and the goal is to change everything. And again, I think that they believe that they're changing things for the better. The problem is that they're 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 not. I mean, what they want to change in many ways is is human nature. You know, they, they I think a lot of these folks look at somebody like Chris Kyle and they truly do see a monster. They don't see a husband and a father and a human being who had his flaws and would be the first to tell you what his flaws were, but a guy for whom honor was a very real thing. A and he guy was doing his job. Well, absolutely, but he, you know, but look, even the decision not just to become a sniper and not to do what he did, but the the the, the decision to join the military. Yeah. The decision to you know that the struggle to 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 balance that. We saw this when we lived in the D.C. suburbs. We had a lot of friends who were military families. Who had multiple deployments yeah. and who were gone, you know, nine months at a time. They'd come home for a few months and then they were back to Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, I to, to call these men and women uh, monsters, to say that a, a movie that um, tries to give us a view of what life is really like for a guy like Chris Kyle, to say that that is anti-Muslim propaganda. Uh, and that 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 you you know you are so offended by this movie, which by the way I doubt any of those complaining about it had ever actually seen this movie, and yet they felt like they were in a position to explain why it should not be shown. That to me is the crux of this. When you have people who have not seen a movie demanding that it not be shown because of complaints that they have about what's in the movie, and people are listening to them, we I mean, we've got issues here. That's the problem or a problem. <laughs> the biggest problem we have is people is caring about whether people get offended or not. Because if people get offended, that's their problem. Yeah, and you know, I guess take this back to the 40 acres. So, it's interesting, you know, when we moved here, we were obviously the outsiders. We were the new people. Well, yeah, cuz I'm a Yankee. Yeah, but even then, we were from DC. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and everybody hates DC around here. Everybody, I think most people hate D.C. or at least are skeptical of D.C. outside of D.C. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, but you know, look, as, as we're sitting here talking, I hope you don't mind. I'm, I'm going to, uh, can I talk about your new hair color? Go for it. Uh, red, silver, and blue. So what I'm doing is, is I've had this crazy patch on my upper temple that's just been deciding to go silver since 
before the twins were born. Like, I've been going gray for at least 15 years. I'm not giving away my age, but it's been a long time. (laughs) Probably even longer than that. So, anyway, so I've been hiding this area that just wants to be, and I'm just like, well, the heck with it. I'm just going to go ahead and pull out all the color, and I'm going to go silver, and most of my hair is this crazy red that you can get at Tish and Schnookies. It's called Vampire's Red, Vampire Red, or Vampire's Kiss. But... I tried a little green last year around Christmas, and it didn't really work well. It kind of looked cool, though, in the sunlight because it looked like one of our roosters because it had that black in the in the dark, but when light hit it, you saw a little, a little tint, tint, of, tint green. of green. Right. So I thought, well, maybe this time around, and you, 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 had, you planted the seed in my head then. It's <laughs> like, well, it's, you know, it's coming into summer and 4th of July. Independence Day, Independence right. Independence Day. So, yeah, it's going to be red, white, and blue. That's awesome. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, so you go to the grocery store and at first, you know, you get a lot of, of, of looks, right? I, you know, what's really funny is I get the most positive feedback from, can I, can I get the most positive feedback from older Caucasian gentlemen and old African-American ladies. Yeah. Yes. They both love my hair. I get the weird looks from people who are in their late 30s. Oh, the last time I colored my hair, <laughs> I was at the grocery store, and these three little girls are in the shopping cart, two in the cart and one in the seat, and they're all looking at me, and they're kind of smiling, and I smile back, and I just wink, and I keep walking, and their moms, the, the girl said something to their mom, and, and I, the mom was like, blah, 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 don't say something, and um, I said to her as I walked past, your daughters are so cute, and I kept going, and she just sort of like looked at me funny and just hushed at her kids because they wanted to say something about my hair color and I giggled and I kind of walked away thinking well seriously woman you're going to give me grief about my bright red hair when yours is obviously fake blonde (laughs) so I just smiled inside at least I'm going to wear my fake hair with pride and happiness see I could never say that no because your fake hair is a big funky wig right (laughs) then there's no way to wear a toupee with pride no so So you'll never hear me say, I will wear my fake hair. No, I could wear a coonskin cap or something. I might do that. You have your Guy Fieri hat. I do. I do. And I, and I have my ball caps, which, by the way, I don't know if we've actually ever told the story about why I wear the ball caps I, I over the course of these 10 baldness? episodes. Well, I mean, that's the obvious reason. But but how did it begin? How did they ball? I mean, I know this story. Well, you started with, um, you did start with Major League and ball Boston caps. And mostly Boston Red Sox and every Boston Red Sox hat hat, hat that you could get your hand on, and then uh, you don't actually have to tell the story. I, that's fine. I, no. was, I think I, I think over the course, I think at some point during the last ten episodes, I have about your minor league baseball collection. Mm-hmm. I think so. If not, it's exploded out of my house. <laughs> if anyone wants to find a home and, hey, and no, offer to adopt no, some of his hats, no, or, or just store no. them for him sometimes, no, do d- disregard what this woman is saying <laughs> because she's she's obviously inaccurate. In fact, I doubt everything that she said now on I'm not even sure if I can trust anything in that last segment after the hats this. The are going to get me. No, the hats are not going to get you. The hats are fine. The hats are, are safely ensconced in, in my closet. And occasionally they yeah. bust out and they run over to the nightstand. And sometimes they end up on the dresser. <laughs> the hats are everywhere. Is the call coming from inside the house? Really? What? Really? 
Do you want to look in the mirror right now and just go, minor league hat, minor league hat, minor league hat, and then hat man will appear in the mirror? What? Oh, God, is that going to really happen? <laughs> no, we really need to get rid of the hats. I wish more hats would appear whenever you did that. Minor league hat, minor league hat, minor league hat. Don't say it! No hats. No hats. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you go do whatever needs to be done. I'm sure something needs to be done. Thanks for joining us. No, oh, you're welcome. And uh, I will see you. Actually, I'll see you after the podcast. But uh, we'll see you soon here on 40 Acres and Fool as well. It was nice to be on. The hats are available. <laughs> they are not. All right, stick around. More from uh, Missy here. If you would, uh, and, and uh, you don't write and ask for the hats because they're not available. But the email address is 40 Acre Fool at gmail.com and we will be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. So it was again, Barack Obama was supposed to be there touting, touting the 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 wonders of of Obamacare. He couldn't even be bothered to show up to the event on time. Nine minutes. President Obama shows up, delivers his speech. No apologies, no explanations. Just I'm a big clerk. Royalty. You will wait for me. Arrogance beyond explanation. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays noon to three p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So this is usually the segment of 40 Acres and a Fool where I talk about the latest book that I've read. However, I haven't had time to uh, do any reading this week, so... I guess we'll be back after this. No, I'm just teasing. Actually, uh, we do have quite a few uh, emails from you that I'd like to share this week. Again, the email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. We'll start with uh, an email from Jackson, who uh, says, Just started listening to your podcast. It's nice to hear something about farming on the radio. I listen to Doc Thompson and Glenn every day. Uh, Since I graduated from college, I was really turned on to the idea of farming. I live in rural Maryland on an acre with my parents. Jackson says, I'm 23, haven't earned enough to move out yet. And we've always had some bountiful gardens. We've had tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, strawberries, blueberries, apples, pears, just about everything. But we never had animals. Jackson says, uh, last year, I built a coop and I bought some hens, speckled Sussex. But like a fool, I didn't know anything about it before I started. I lost seven of the eight before I even got an egg. I've learned a lot in the past year, Jackson says. And now I've ordered 11 more chicks, six Rhode Island Reds five corners cross and jackson says he's decided to try his luck with turkeys three broad-breasted white turkeys that he got today he says i absolutely love raising farm animals even if i'm still almost clueless about it and i know that by listening to your podcast i'll learn more and more one day i hope to be my own 40 acre fool jackson says thanks for the podcast and also if you can give any tips on raising turkeys and chickens together let me know i already know about blackhead there's no cases in my area so I'm good, says Jackson. Uh, Jackson, I am not raising turkeys, so uh, and not at the moment anyway. So I, I can't help you with uh, any tips on how to make sure that uh, you know you're you're keeping your flocks healthy. Uh, other than uh, a friend of mine who raises turkeys, I believe does keep them separate, uh, and and so you know you, you should not take my advice first of all because 
you know, the name of the show is 40 Acres and a Fool here. But uh, but but do your reading. I, I you know, I, I think that uh, you're you're going to be OK because you're concerned about this. You want to know. And that's the that's the I think the biggest challenge um, is actually, uh, you know, again, just just having that curiosity, wanting to make sure that you're doing things right uh, and not just for yourself, but but for the animals under your care. And it sounds like, Jackson, right now, you know, you've got that going for you. So, actually, I'm curious. Uh, if you find out anything, let me know because we may be – I don't think this year uh, we'll be adding turkeys. We thought about uh, adding ducks to the mix, but I think we're just going to stick with the chickens right now. And we've had much better luck. Uh, so far, haven't seen any coyotes. I think maybe we've had a hawk take uh, one or two of our little pullets. And that's kind of a new issue that we haven't had to deal with before. In fact, I, uh, I got another email uh, from John who says, uh, The gal and I just started listening to 40 Acres in a Full. Great show. And thank you for that, John. John says, Two years ago, I retired from the Navy after 21 years. John, thank you for your service, sir. John says, I wonder what to do with my newfound spare time. He says, Well, this city kid bought three acres of wooded bliss 45 minutes northwest of Minneapolis. And John is now happily managing a flock of chickens and deep, he says, into planning our garden. Uh, John also said, I wonder if you might spend a minute or two on the hazards found on the homestead, specifically dealing with predators in the face of local and national laws. Uh, and maybe, John says, a topic for another show, dealing with recognizing and uh, treating common ailments in your animals. John says, I lost 60% of my flock to uh, cockadocious last year, and it was a real wake-up call, he says, to research what's out there that can harm my animals. Anyway, uh, John says, here's to full bellies, happy herds, and an abundance of love. Well, right back at you, John. And, you know, look, when it comes to dealing with predators, it is a constant challenge. Uh, if you are free-ranging your chickens, unless they are, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're looking right now at various options. We saw this cool little chicken tunnel, uh, basically, that's, you know, a, a, a half-hoop uh, wire cage that you can just you, you build it out and the picture that i saw they were running in between raised garden beds it, it, you know we haven't even had time to finish the greenhouse yet so the idea of you know uh having enough time to actually build one of those little chicken habit trails uh yeah, it's a lovely idea i don't know that we'll get it done but that really is your best solution is to make sure that the animals can't get taken by the hawks or by the coyotes and and there are different kinds of predators that uh you have to think about, you know, we have not lost a lot of uh, our chickens to hawks until perhaps this year. But we have friends who live in the area who have seen the hawk swoop down, pluck the heads right off of their little chicken and fly right off. And the uh, depredation has been enormous in these flocks. If you have a, a hawk problem, you know, you can't trap a hawk. You can't shoot a hawk. It's uh, against the law, against federal law, to, uh, to to shoot a bird of prey. So that is absolutely 100% uh, out of the question. Uh, that's when you're really dealing with, uh, you know, making sure that the, the hawks can't get to uh, your chickens. The coyotes, you know, look, if you've been listening to uh, all 10 episodes, you know that this is something that I've been dealing with, uh, particularly dealt with it over the winter when we were... Uh, on, on the regular feeding circuit for a uh, pack of coyotes. Now, again, I haven't seen or heard them uh, in probably six weeks or so, but if, if, if they don't come back, another pack will come around sooner or later. 
And we've lost a lot of our chickens uh, to coyotes over the past couple of years, uh, dozens of them. Um, and it is a continuing problem. We've tried trapping without uh, any success so far. Uh, hunting is a hunting a coyote is not easy, and it's not quick. It's not something that you can sit down at uh, you know after you get off of work at six o'clock in the afternoon and you get home at six forty-five. Uh, you know you, you can't uh, you can't just uh, you know go sit in a stand somewhere and think that fifteen minutes later you're going to be able to uh, kill the coyote that's been going after your chickens. It is it is tough. Uh, and it is a challenge, and I'll tell you what, John, it is a challenge that everybody I know who who, who is doing what you're doing and doing what I'm doing, uh, it's something that they are constantly struggling with. So I'd say if you know if if that is your issue right now is the uh, the coyote, uh, you know, look into your state game laws. Uh, typically, when you're dealing with a a predator like a coyote. Uh, in Virginia, we don't have a, a coyote season. Uh, I don't know what the uh, the local laws are there in in Minnesota, but most of the time when you're dealing with coyotes, I, I shouldn't say most of the time, but uh, here in Virginia when you're dealing with coyotes, they're enough of a problem, uh, enough of a, a uh, an issue for livestock and, uh, and predation that uh, uh, there's not a season that you have to worry about. What you have to worry about is actually being able to hunt or trap the coyote, and that is... A different story altogether. You know, I uh, spent not long ago uh, a, a Saturday morning listening to a, uh, a hunter and trapper specifically talking about coyotes. And I walked away with uh, I, a lot more knowledge about coyotes. And I won't say necessarily a lot more respect because I knew that they were uh, pretty savvy. But I, I, I have a much better understanding of the difficulty in managing the uh, coyote population, as uh, this uh, as this man said, you know, you'll never eradicate uh, the uh, the coyotes there in your midst. Uh, you just have to try to, to to control the numbers. So I wish you the very best, John, and thank you so much for writing in, sir. It is great hearing from you. I tell you what, we've got uh, one more segment. We've got a couple of more thoughts that I want to share. So we'll take uh, one more time out and be back with more Forty Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. You're listening to. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. You want us to believe that a law that has gone without incident for over 20 years in mostly evil conservative hick flyover states through a period where almost everyone in America was against gay marriage, that that country will now become a problem in a country that has moved over 35 points in the direction of gay marriage. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So we've got tomatoes growing in the windowsills. We've got uh, beets now officially popping out of the ground. I'm very excited about this, by the way. I thought, you know, beets, these things are like 55 days, 60 days. Here it's been two weeks since we planted. I haven't seen anything in these beds yet. I we The, the onions are doing fine. Uh, the garlic is starting to come up. But I hadn't seen anything in the beds with our beets. And this afternoon, uh, as, I, as I got home... 
There was still some daylight left. I said, all right, I'm going down to the garden. I'm checking. I'm out there on my hands and knees. I'm peering, and I finally see some green coming up, and it's not grass, I don't think, and I don't think it's clover. I know what little tiny beets look like, the little tiny greens. I, I, I know what they look like, and I'm finally starting to see them. And it is a very good thing. I think even our carrots are uh, starting to come up. I'll, I'll know a little bit better. We made the mistake last year. When carrots are first starting to come up, they do tend to look a little bit like clover. They don't have that frondy top. When they first come out of the ground, and we ended up pulling out some of the carrots before they were uh, before, before their time. Well, you do need to thin them out, but uh, we thinned them out a little bit early last year. So we won't make that mistake again. Uh, now, I do have an email I want to get to from Robin, who uh, wrote in. Robin says, listen to your first podcast, and I'm happy you're here on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you, Robin. I am, too. Robin says that uh, uh, Robin says I have a five-and-a-half-acre farmette near Strasburg, Virginia, which is uh, not too far away. It's a beautiful part of the state of Virginia. Robin says, I've been obsessed about figuring out how to survive since I know the America I've known my entire life is on the way out. I've never wanted to be more wrong in all my life. Robin uh, also says, I have chickens. I have a horse, two dogs, and a pond. I also have some beehives, although I don't own them. Uh, exchange the out yard for some honey every year. Robin says, never thought I'd outgrow this place, but I have. I'd, I'd consider getting dairy goats, but I don't have a team. It's just me, which is the most significant strike right now, and I don't think I could take care of more and continue to work full time. Robin says, if I do add to the operation, it'll probably be rabbits, but... I've been holding off. You know, we thought about rabbits, too. I got to say, I had a rabbit pot pie that I got at a... Uh, uh, Miss E actually bought it at a farm swap not long after we uh, moved. And I've had rabbit maybe once or twice before. This rabbit pot pie was the best pot pie that I've ever had, Robin. And it really kind of made me want to start growing rabbits. Or at least get access to somebody who uh, who does raise rabbits. Because I didn't realize how delicious rabbit could taste. Uh, Robin says, I was born in D.C., grew up on Waples Mill Road, literally two houses away from the NRA National Headquarters. How about that? Uh, and uh, Robin also uh, says, I do love the name of your show. Continue to follow the podcast. Might even try to make bacon. Good luck with you on that, Robin. Uh, and I, uh, I wish you well. It is fantastic to uh, make your acquaintance and, and to uh, learn a little bit more about what you're doing up there near uh, Strasburg, Virginia. Uh, the idea of, of doing bees, you know, as, 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 as you know, and, and I know now as well, it is much more intensive than, uh, just simply, you know, putting the boxes up and all right, I'm going to have some honey here in a few months. And you're right. Uh, you know, when you're working full time and it's just you, uh, and, and, you know, there are a lot of days when I'm traveling, you know, I'm going off to the interannual meeting or I'm going off to shots or whatever. And it is Miss E, uh, and 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 the you know the the kids, but it's mostly Miss E uh, who are doing the chores. It is a lot. It is it is absolutely a lot. And again, because you care about those animals in your care, because you 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 care about those chickens, you care about the horse that you have, you care about your two dogs. Um, you 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 don't want to take on too much. That's the last thing that you want to do. Not only, you know, do you end up running the the, the, the risk of feeling like a failure and of, of, of failing uh, to accomplish all that you wanted to accomplish. I mean, you can learn from your mistakes, but it's not just you uh, paying for those mistakes, you know? And, and so I, I, I applaud that, that, uh, that attitude that, again, I think is so common among 
uh, small farmers and hobby farmers and people who are just starting out and doing this. It's that, that's why that story that we talked about last week about the farmer in New York who's facing animal cruelty charges uh, really got to me because, you know, again, the, the, the folks that I know, the, the, the people that I'm hearing from each and every week, uh, these are people who, who care deeply about the land. They care deeply about uh, raising their animals right. This is something that they take a great amount of pride in. They take amount of, a great amount of care and concern in. Uh, and again, it, it comes through in uh, every email that I'm receiving here. So, Robin, I wish you the uh, the very best this spring and this summer with the uh, the big garden and the chickens and the uh, the pond. And, and uh, hopefully, uh, maybe next time you get up to uh, the D.C. area, maybe get back to the NRA headquarters, go to the NRA range and... Uh, say hi to Michael Johns, the NRA range manager, if uh, you make it up there next time. Now, next week here on 40 Acres and a Fool, we'll probably talk about the NRA annual meeting, which is uh, taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. I'll be there for a, a good portion of the uh, time between this podcast and the uh, next one. Uh, but uh, I, I'm hoping that at the NRA annual meeting, we do talk with some folks who are also um uh, doing what what we're doing here you know learning and growing our own food and raising our own animals and trying to figure out uh you know how to do it a little bit better each and every day so that's coming up next week Uh, we're also looking at an april 18th frost date so that means that next weekend we should be able to put virtually everything else uh, into the ground, all of our cucumbers, peas, uh, everything that, uh, that that's plant in place should be ready to go. It's just a matter of uh, doing the weeding, clearing out the garden beds, putting down the compost, mixing all the soil, and getting all of the beds ready. That's uh, the big plan. We'll be working in the garden after work, uh, getting up bright and early and trying to clear out a bed or two every morning before I head into the NRA News Studios. It's the busy time of year and it kicks off uh, in earnest when i get back from the nra annual meetings so we'll be uh, talking more about that on uh, the next issue or the next edition of 40 acres and a fool and again i would love to hear your stories i'd love to hear what's going on with your garden are you getting ready are you putting stuff in the ground already what are you growing we love hearing uh, your experiences here on 40 acres and a fool the email address again is 40 acre fool at gmail.com you can follow me on facebook it's facebook.com slash cam edwards 2a on twitter it's at cam edwards on instagram it is at cam edwards and of course my day job nra news cam and company weekdays 2 p.m eastern live on nranews.com you can find us on demand at iHeartRadio. We're also on iTunes, Midnight Eastern on Sirius XM, Patriot, weekdays at 5 p.m. on Sportsman Channel. I think that about sums it up. I hope you have a fantastic week. Until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you here soon on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.